0: Quick in First Chronicles uh, chapter four here in a second as we are discussing something that I talked about last week and how one of the things that God had impressed upon uh, my heart and my life as we were kind of you know coming out of 2017 into 2018 and just asking God to kind of give me a a word and and some direction and I really felt like God told me that 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 2018 was going to be a year of increase. And not so much I mean it, yes, for, for us corporately, but also kind of a word of declaration for you individually, uh, even inside of your family, and that's kind of where where I'm standing and, and where what I'm believing, what I'm praying for. We're in the, the we're at the, the beginning of the last week of a twenty twenty one days of fasting and prayer uh, here at Church on the Rock that we generally do every year the first three weeks uh, first three full weeks of the year. And so, you know, if you haven't been able to participate with us at this particular point, it's still not too late. I know you you may not be able to hit all 21 days unless you just start, you know, from fresh and kind of make up, but you can still at least hit this last week with us. We're just, we're praying specifically, fasting and praying specifically for that, for, uh, for increase. Um, uh, here at, at the church for an increased uh, a harvest of salvations uh, that we would see God you know, help us to reach people in our community so we could see come, uh, people come to know Jesus and to be baptized and to come and to be immersed in the life of the church and, and become fully devoted followers of Jesus Uh, we're, we're just, we're, we're praying for increase in your life, that God would expand your borders and expand your territory, that, that he would begin to, to do some incredible things in your life and, and begin to open doors that you just never imagined would be opened. And, and so that's kind of where we're praying and we're fasting and praying, starting out the new year, believing those things. And so last week, we kind of, uh, you know, we really kind of set the groundwork for that and really it was kind of an overview type message that God, you know, wants to bring increase into our life and that He wants to, to do blessing. If you go back and read Deuteronomy chapter 28 in the first, uh, say, nine verses or so, it's Things that God will do for his people when they follow him and they obey him. And it says, you know, there's a lot of things there. He says, you'll be the head and not the tail. And you'll be blessed when you rise up. And you'll be blessed when you go out. And you'll everything that you to will be blessed. And your barns will be filled. And your cattle and your livestock will grow and, and be fruitful. And it goes into all these kinds of things that God wants to do for his people when they follow him. Alright. But more specifically, we've been, we've been kind of looking at a prayer that was prayed in Chronicles chapter 4. And, and it's listed right in the, you know, read through Chronicles here recently. You will see that in uh, the, the beginning part uh, of Chronicles, it's a, it's a list of, you know, chronology. And so, um giving us the line of David. Uh, you know, the, you know, so-and-so, they got so-and-so, and they had, you know, five kids who was, you know, and the son's here, and this son, and it just goes on and on and on, uh, a full list of names that we don't even know how and, and then, right in the middle of chapter 4, um, verse 10, there was a guy by the name of J- Jabez, and he, he prays this prayer, and it's really, it's a, and I talked about this last week, it's a really awkward place for us to find this thing. It's a prayer right in the middle of, of a bunch of genealogies. Right in the middle of it, we find this prayer that Jabez prays. And, and he says this, he says, now Jabez, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my borders, and that your hand might keep me... Uh, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. God granted him what he requested. And so here it is. This, this is the prayer that we're talking about. It's the prayer of Jabez. You may have heard of this, I think, you know, 15 years ago or so. It became the hot topic of conversation in most Christian circles and Uh, I never was really one that got into it, but as God gave me a word going into 2018, that was something, as I prayed even further, that God kind of just impressed upon me to kind of check out and look at, uh, to kind of give me some direction as to really what is he talking about. And this prayer here that he prays right in the middle here, this idea uh, of praying for God to bless me, uh, that, that to bring blessing into your life. Oh, that you would bless me, that you would expand my borders, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me. You think about that kind of prayer and and what Jabez is praying for. And, and even you think about our own life and sometimes our own, you know, uh, how God has raised us up and taught us to be fully devoted followers of Christ. Sometimes we look at selfish things. We think, man, that's, I don't know, like, that's kind of maybe sounds like a really selfish thing to pray, you know? God, bless me, right? God, bless me and, and enlarge my territory. And so sometimes we feel, in a sense, we could feel guilty for praying for God to bless me or for God to bless you or to enlarge your territory. But even when Jabez prayed this prayer right here, it wasn't like, you know, God pointed his finger at him and like, now, Jabez, you're being kind of selfish now. I mean, no, the Bible says that God, God answered his prayer. He wanted to answer his prayer to enlarge his territory and to expand his borders and to bring blessing into his life. All right? And and that's something that God really wanted to do. And if he didn't want it to do it, and when it was a selfish something that God didn't want his people to pray, then why would God answer this guy's prayer? Why would he answer his prayer? And so he prayed this prayer, expand my territory. Now, I I would tell you this, I don't believe that he's um, just praying for more stuff. You know, God, give me more things, more material possessions. We know that even uh, John... 1 uh, John says that if you love the world or anything in the world, if the love of the Father is not in you. So we certainly know that that it's not a prayer for more stuff. God, give me more things. Give me more toys. Give me more more stuff in my life that I can have to uh, to make my life more pleasurable and more fun or whatever it is. He was praying for more territory, and I believe honestly, that it was a prayer for increased influence. Alright? It was a prayer for increased influence. If you kind of understand what's going on right here, um, you know, in this particular uh, time and day, uh, it it wasn't that long ago that, um, you know, Joshua and the Israelites moved into the promised land. So God had promised... Um, the, the Israelites, when they were in, in Egypt, that he was going to give them the promised land, and they went through the wilderness, and God brought them into the promised land, and now they're in the promised land. And here's the thing, and I actually, uh, something that, um, that that I feel like the Lord brought to my mind earlier, even when we were in worship, and that last song, he's the God of miracles, and we were talking about God bringing miracles. You know, the problem the problem with miracles is this. I mean, we love the fact that God does miracles, right? I mean, right? I mean, anybody, it's like the coolest thing ever that God can do a miracle, right? Because it's, you know, a miracle is kind of like a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, right? So it's something that's supernatural that's just not ordinary, okay? Um, so God does miracles, but the problem with miracle you've got to be at a really bad place to need a miracle, right? I mean, you think about that for a second. The disciples, when they're in the boat, they all feel like they're about to die, and Jesus steps out and calms the water. I mean, that's, okay, they're in a bad place. Okay? Um, All throughout the Bible, when you see Jesus performing miracles, he's performing miracles because people are in a bad situation. If you go back and look at the Israelites, when did God uh, perform miracles for them? Uh, When they were in the wilderness. They were in a bad situation. All right, so, you know, he was raining down manna from heaven and quail and providing water out of rock. And he was doing all of these supernatural things to sustain his people. Okay, But his ultimate objective for his people was to leave the wilderness, the place where they needed miracles, to take them to the promised land. Now, when they got into the promised land, it wasn't like they didn't need miracles, but it was a different type of miracles, Alright. And the miracles weren't quite as frequent because, and they weren't miracles of provision and sustaining miracles because in the promised land, the promised land was flowing with milk and honey. It was a land full of blessing. It was a land full of favor. Now, as they went into that promised land, they had to go fight. They had to go fight battles for the Lord. And as they fought battles for the Lord, okay, God began to do miracles for them to What? Expand their territory. Right? Was it not? Were they not miracles to expand their territory? Or they were miracles of destroying the enemy when the enemy would try to come and attack them? It wasn't. It wasn't. Longer miracles that were sustaining them was no longer miracles that were providing for them and taking care of them. It was it was miracles that helped them enlarge their territory and their borders and and all this kind of stuff. So when they went in there, sure, they needed God to knock down the walls of Jericho, that was a miracle. But that miracle was to conquer and to take the promised land that God told them He was gonna give them. So as they walked in faith that God said, I'm going to give you the land, and I'm going to give you every place where you put your foot. As they walked in faith, God would do the miracles and give them the victory where they placed their feet at. It was a different kind of miracles. But they still needed them, right? But, uh, and so um, you have this situation now where Jabez was, And look, so they, they've possessed the promised land. It wasn't that long ago when they possessed the promised land And I could see Jabez looking around and seeing opportunity, opportunity like surely all that I have right now within my hands is not all that God has for me. I believe that God has more for me. More, not just so that I can have more, but more so that I can have influence. Enlarge my territory. That's kind of uh, the way that people gained influence in that day. Was their territory would become larger. They would become more renowned. They would have more influence over what went on without them. And for him to be praying and asking God shows that his mind is focused in relying upon God to bring favor and enlargement to his life. He recognized that God is the source of everything that he has. So it shows us the frame of mind that he has. All right, so he is praying. Let's just say for a second, maybe he's a farmer, and he wants God to expand his territory. What would that look like, you know, for him? It would be more land, more cattle. He would have to hire more people to come in and work the cattle which would give him more influence over local people as he's helping to provide needs and stuff for the people that live around him or whatever, or, or the people that are part of his family. All it does is that, it, that enlargement is not so much about giving him more land and more cattle and more things. That enlargement is about expanding his influence over a particular area, and particular region. You as a fully devoted follower of Jesus, I believe, at least I say that, believing and hoping that you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus, I have no doubt in my mind that you being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, that God wants to expand your territory. Why? Because if God expands the territory that you have right now as a fully devoted follower of Jesus, He is expanding the kingdom of God. Because everything within your hands and within your influence is a part of the kingdom of God. And he wants his his kingdom to grow on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to personally understand that when we begin to pray this prayer, it's not about praying for much stuff. You know what it's a prayer for? God enlarge my territory. You know what it's a prayer for? It's a prayer for more ministry. More ministry. That's what you're praying for. God, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my borders. God, Bring let your hand be upon me. Bring more ministry into my life. All right. Now, I know the first time, now, I, the first thing I do is I mention ministry. And you think, well, Pastor Paul, I'm not in the ministry. What are you talking about? Right? Because, right, the pastors are in the ministry. But you are in the ministry. If you don't know you're in the ministry, listen. You actually are in the ministry. All right. Um, every place, everything that you do. And whatever you do in your life is a part of the ministry that God has placed inside your hand. It's a part of it. Everything that you do, everywhere you go, is a part of the ministry that God has placed within your grasp. Everything that you do. What does the Bible say? Uh, the scripture? Everything that you do, do for the glory of God, whether you eat or drink and whatever it is that you do in your life, you do it for the glory of God. So listen, everything that you do, wherever it is that you do it, okay, is a part of your ministry. Ministry is not just what you do at church on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights or whatever night of the week it is that you do it. That's not what ministry is. It is. It can be. But that's not exclusively what ministry is. Ministry is whatever it is that you do. And wherever it is that you do it, that's your ministry. You know, when I was, uh, throughout the years... Throughout the years of my life and just my pursuit of serving God as a pastor, and not only just serving God as a pastor, but honoring the Lord in every area of my life, um, I've had several opportunities to to work, you know, um, in the secular environment. Um, I, I, even though I spent, you know, uh, a good Maybe ten to twelve years as a you know, as a pastor only. I, I, I've spent a lot of time, you know, working secular jobs or in the secular workplace. I certainly understand, um, you know, what it's like to be out there. In every place, you know, since the moment that I re- that that God really grabbed a hold of my heart and and really connected me. Uh, to him, since that time, every place that I've ever worked at was ministering for me. It just was. Um, and to be quite honest, it wasn't even something that uh, I had to think a whole lot about it. just was who I was. And so like for example, I, I remember back in the days I, when I was even a young person in my early 20s, I worked at this pizza place called Pateras Pizza. It was in Pelham, Pelham, Alabama, and uh, I worked there, I I can't even remember how long, it may have been just a couple months, uh, three or four months or so, um, until something else kind of opened up, or maybe it was off and on for a while, Uh, but I I remember going to this place, and we would, you know, cook, you know, and do, I was part of, you know, the cooking and cleaning and doing all the stuff that we did, and man, they they were just some interesting dudes, that were a part of, that, that worked at this place. Some people that, you know, consider themselves to be atheists or agnostic, you know, all this kind of stuff, man. It's just, and so what happens is, is that whenever you get around people in the world, and look, this is just my experience, and maybe it's just me, this is my experience. Confer, you know, things come up. It just happens. It inevitably will happen at some point. Somebody will say something, at some point, they will ask you some question about, something about life and God or something, and all of a sudden, and so I, I took every opportunity that I could, every opportunity that I could, to, to, to witness, to stand up for right, to, to stand up for truth, all this kind of stuff, and I, I remember several conversations where I had with these guys, where they would be on their break, and they would be out in the back smoking, and I would be out there to him. And they'd be asking questions about God, and we'd just be talking about God sitting right there. I remember specifically one night, we, we had closed down. There was a guy that I'd been talking to since I'd been there, um, just kind of a rough, just, you know, this kind of thing. And, and we'd been talking for a, a long time, and we were sat outside by his car one night when we closed. And it was really late, and we were out there. And it was one of these God moments that God was just kind of opening his life up to hear something, and he really began to kind of grasp some things that I was talking about. He was a dude that just, he, uh, he loved to smoke, and he, he had cigarettes on him all the time. And right there in that parking lot, we believed and we prayed together that God would break his addiction over cigarettes. He handed me all the cigarettes that he had, and we threw them away. And God did an incredible thing in that dude's life right there, man, in the parking lot after we got done working I remember when we moved up here and I had to to find a job. I began working up at, uh, you know, the Birmingham News. And I was basically a glorified newsie. newsie. So every every night from about uh, 11 o'clock... To 3 o'clock in the morning, I would get in my car, I would drive to a place where I would have to I would have to pack up, uh, you know, 300 to 400 newspapers, put them in something, put them all in my little car that I had, stuff them all in there, and drive a route through Helena and throw newspapers. And to come back home, and there was no off day, so even on Saturday night, I had to do the Sunday morning paper, and I'd go home and sleep for an hour and come in here and preach, and then go home and die, you know, that kind of thing, all right? And, uh, and I did that for like a full year or more. and But the interesting was is that every night, there was about an hour where I had my little cubicle of space and I had all these newspapers. I had to sit here and I had one guy on each side. I mean, I had people on the other side of this table and I had people back here behind me all stuffing papers and talking. And, you know, just like all, every other time, conversation happens, people say something and I have to say something too. And I would. And I had no problem saying anything, all right? And I would stand up for what's right. And we would talk about, it, and we would get into great debates over, you know, God and religion and truth and all these kinds of things. And and, and they would ask questions. And sometimes I didn't have all the answers. I'd be like, hey, man, well, I, you know, we'll talk about it. I don't, I don't really know. Let me, let me think about it. Let me look it up a little bit. And I'll come back, and I would say, hey, you remember what you were talking about? And every time we would do this, all right? But... Over the course of that year, man, I had gained these people's respect. Not only because I was a kind, generous person. I helped them out. I would do things for them that other people in the organization, other people that worked that job wouldn't do for them. I did these things all the time and I did them just to kind of, to, to an opportunity, okay, to, to to bridge my heart to theirs. It was my ministry. It was my ministry where I was. Sure, I had a Sunday morning and Sunday night and other obligations here at the church that were my ministry too. That was my ministry. You know, I made, there were several people that were there that uh, I made an impact in. Even my my boss, this lady that was over me, um, you know, not only did she know where I stand, and we had several conversations too, but she saw how hard I worked, how diligent I was to do the best job that I could. And I wasn't perfect because you kind of, if you miss a house or something, there's people calling in a complain They didn't get their paper or like their paper got wet. They call in a complain, Hey, you didn't double bag your papers and all this kind of stuff, which I get it. You know, they're paying for it. They want their stuff. And you know, so you got, you know, you get dinged if those kinds of things happen to you. Uh, but she, you know, so, so the day I said, hey, God is good to me. I don't have to do this no more. Um, you know, she, she told me when I left, she said, hey, if you ever need a job again, come come find me. All right? Now, I never really probably, there were a couple really good conversations, really sobering God moment conversations I had. I never had anybody specifically that, uh, that maybe prayed up but I feel like I sowed some incredible seed that probably was going to be harvested later on down the road. It was, it was my ministry, all right? I've had opportunities, which is the craziest thing, because, um, you know, um, there, there are some games that I have played on my phone that I get into because I don't have time to sit around anymore in front of a TV and do it. So, you know, when I'm sitting around in, in a place, I have a couple of games, and these are like community online games, All right? where you actually have a group of people that are a part of your little group of people and they're all over the world. And there was a there was a time I had a group of people that were part of this game, and I'm telling you, man, like I was witnessing and ministering to people that were in Australia, telling them that where they need to go to church and go check out the church. And we had long conversations. We we I connected with them even off of this particular game where we were talking through you know instant you know chatting. Look, man, I was having conversations with people in Germany, in the Middle East, uh, in Australia. Okay, and we were having conversations about God and how good it... Look, look, even in that weird setting, it became an opportunity for my ministry. You have ministry. It is there. Whether you realize it or not, it's there. Everywhere you go and everything that you put your hands to, God has given you the opportunity Ministry—it's not so, just something that we do on Sunday mornings. It's something that we do when we go out into the world. Think about Jesus for a second. Did Jesus do ministry? I mean, isn't that's—I know that's kind of a weird statement. <laughs> like, yeah, of course, Jesus did ministry. But where did Jesus do the ministry? In the streets, amongst the people. Sure, he did some of it in the synagogue. There, was, there were times that he, he healed people in the synagogue, and he had conversations with people in the synagogue. But most of his ministry wasn't in the church. It was in the world, where we live, where we go. You know, there are, one of the things that we've seen, and I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but there are two different kinds of, when you think about the church and, and ministry and God's ordination structure that he has, there's two different kinds of, of people. I, and I don't know, that may be really broad-brushing everything, but uh, it's this principle of kings and priests, okay? Kings and priests. Uh, the kings are, are people who are ordained by God to rule well in the marketplace, Okay? And and the priests are the people who are ordained by God to rule well in the synagogue or the church, the, the place of you know the fivefold ministry, the you know, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the you know, apostles, those the fivefold ministry of the church. Okay? So you're either one or the other. You're either a king or a priest. And what God wants to do is God wants to merge the two to work well together to uh, to complement one another. That the priest would rule well That what their responsibilities are for the body, for the church, for the, the organization that we have. And that the kings, every person that God has brought into the kingdom, will fully devoted follower of Christ that lives in the marketplace, to rule well in the marketplace. He wants you to rule well in the marketplace, all right? And so what we've done, though, is we have this, we have subconsciously, we think that the it's the priest's job to rule the marketplace. And then we have times where it's the king's job to rule the church. And we get the two confused. And so what happens is, is in that particular moment, okay, is that you have, you have king's, who aren't ruling in the marketplace because they think it's the pastor's job to go out and reach the world. Okay? And then we have people that are supposed to be ruling well in the marketplace that try to come in inside the church and try to tell the the pastor and the, the leaders of the church what they can and cannot do. And so you have dysfunction inside the kingdom of God because we're not fulfilling our rightful roles that God has ordained us to fulfill. So we're... We gotta understand the role that God has called us. That if you're a king, you go rule well in the marketplace. You go expand your territory. You go expand your borders. You go expand your influence. That God has ordained you. He has called you. He has anointed you to rule well in the marketplace where you find yourself. That everywhere that you are right now, the territory that you reach, it is your ministry. And God has ordained you to rule that area. And not only has he ordained you to rule that area, he wants to expand that area. He wants to expand it. And every person that's a pastor, God has anointed them and commissioned them and ordained them to rule well in their area that God has commissioned them. Now, are there pastors and Prophets and evangelists that don't rule well in their area? Sure, it happens. Are there kings that don't rule well in their area? Well, yeah, it happens. Um, what we have to understand is what God has called us to do. What, what has God called me to do? What has God commissioned and anointed me to do? Right? Right? That God would expand our territory. And I believe that God wants to expand your territory. And he wants to expand my territory. And it's something that we have to pray. Have you, you know, since last week, I know there were several, many of you that were here. But have you begun to pray? Have you asked God to expand your territory yet? Have you have you asked him yet to expand? Because you'll be surprised. And look, I know you you may think, man, I just don't uh, I don't have room to expand my character. You don't know what's going on right now in my life. I just, right, you don't even know what you have room for, and, and and you don't even know really what that means necessarily. All right. begin to pray this prayer, uh, I, I tell you, here's an example of of how. God sometimes can expand your territory. The other day, um, I don't know, it was like a week, week and a half ago or so, I was—I um, went to Publix to go grab a couple things. And I had picked up a couple things I would paid for them, and I'm walking out of Publix, and I see another guy's walking out with me, and I'm just kind of minding my own business. And all of a sudden, this dude goes, hey, man. I said, what's up? I said, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, man, you look like somebody I could talk to. I'm like, all right. I mean, I, I don't know this dude. I'm like, sure, what's up, man? He said, all right. He said, look, man. He said, all right, so um, I'm in love with this woman who's married to another man. And she loves me and doesn't like him. And I don't really know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, Lord. <laughs> Ooh, boy, right? I'm like, well, and, uh, you know, I just kind of shake my head, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, he's not going to like what I'm about to say, right? Because I'm going to tell him what the truth is, right? And then before I can actually get my mouth out, he's like, look, man, he's like, yeah, he said, you know, and look, you know, I just know, man, I know this is probably something I should be doing, and my daddy telling me to stay away from this woman, and, but, you know, he he, don't, he doesn't treat her good, and he don't love her, you know, but I do. And, and, you know, he goes on and on. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. And, you know, so I'm like, well, look, man, I said, you know, the Bible says you can't do this. God's word says that this, this is a sin for you to do this, even if you're not doing anything physically for you to be connected to this woman emotionally, you are a part, you are you are doing something that is wrong. He's like, yeah, you're right, man, you're right, No, yeah, you're right. He said, I see, I mean, of course, we had this, little, he'd go back and forth, and he's like, I'm like, look, man, I said, just, you need, look, your heart, you know, your heart is, is telling you to kind of pursue this, but your, the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked who can know it. You can't trust your heart, you can't trust your feelings, because your feelings are leading you to do something that you're not supposed to be doing. And you know you're not supposed to be doing it. So you need to get those things in check, and you need to kind of change the way you're going. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, man, I knew. He said, I knew God would bring somebody into my life. He said, you just look like the kind of person I could talk to about this. Man, how did I know that, man? And so he he kind of went on this little conversation about that. And look, look, what is that, right? That's expanding my territory, right? I just influenced somebody that I didn't even know I was going to have influence over. Just... What Everywhere I go and everything I put my hands to, I have opportunity to have influence. Everywhere you go and everywhere you put your hands to, you have opportunity for influence. All right? People around you, your friends, your co-workers, whoever it is, young people, the people that are in your school, the people that you go to class with, whoever it is, you have opportunity for influence in those people's life. The problem is, is this, is that most of the time, we're just not looking for it. You're not looking for it. But God wants to expand your territory. What does that look like? Here, Rob, if you'll you'll come. Your ability, plus your experience, plus your training, plus your personality and appearance, plus your past, equals your assigned territory. Okay? So your ability, experience, training, personality, appearance, and past, all of those things. Why your past? Okay? Because those who have been healed of their past have been given the right to heal others. Okay? Your past can play a significant role in your ability to have influence and God to expand your territory. That right there... Okay, equals God's assigned territory for you God's assigned territory for you and God wants to expand that territory for you all right now what happens is is when we actually understand that okay and we begin to pray and we begin to be willing for God to do something what happens is is this leads to this it leads to my willingness and weakness, Plus God's will and power equals your expanding territory. Okay? So you say, God, I am willing. Here I am, send me. I want to do something for you. God, I want you to expand my territory. I can't imagine anybody in here would say, man, I am so busy doing ministry that I don't have room for God to expand my territory. You may be so busy doing a bunch of other stuff in the world that you don't feel like you have time. But maybe God expanding your territory is opening opportunities while you're doing all that other stuff in the world. It may not mean that you have to get a lot more busy. It just may mean that God would open more doors for you as you go where you go. We find even in the Gospels that Jesus commissioned all the disciples to do something. What did he commission them to do? Go into the world, go into the whole world and make disciples. And going into the whole world can seem like such a large feat, a large thing to try to do. That sometimes we can kind of just say, well, I'm just not going to worry about trying because I can't really go into all the world. But see, God's expectation is not for you to go from some Joe Blow ordinary working guy to Billy Graham overnight. It's not what his expectation is. But his expectation is that you would begin to pray and ask that he would, that God would expand your territory and then begin to ask him to show you the missed opportunity that is around you. What's the missed opportunity that's around me? What's going on around me that I am missing? The opportunity that I am missing for influence, to bring change to the world that God has assigned me to. Sometimes the opportunity is right in front of us and we just can't see it. So start somewhere. We've got to create a starting point, a starting point in my life. Like this is where I start today. What's your starting point? What's your starting point? There's two things that that you need to know about the world that is around you. Two things you need to know about the world that's around you that relates to your starting point. Number one, everybody has a need. Everybody has a need. You come this morning, you probably have needs. There are probably people here sitting next to you today that have needs. Everybody has a need. And number two, God wants to start using you now. God wants to start using you now. Right now. Not next week, not next year not when things slow down, not when things get better. He wants to start using you now. Now. Will you let God open your eyes to see opportunity? Will you pray that God would expand your territory and give you increased influence? Will you stand to your feet this morning?